Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another Collective Hotelier Pulse Report live session together with our friends and members from Guest Centric and Great Hotels of the World. We're here today to review and discuss the findings from the 22nd edition of the Hotelier Pulse Report, which is produced every month by Guest Centric. And uh, Leah will pop up into the comments the, uh, the links where people can access that report, as well as uh, contribute to the next survey if you're a hotelier, so that we get uh, more data for next month's report. Also joining me, as always, for today's session is my co-host, Mr. Pedro Calaco. Pedro, <laughs> hello, Andre. You Good again. To see How you. are you? How's uh, I'm very good. I'm country? very optimistic. Very, I'm very optimistic, even though obviously. It's a sad day, I think, um, for Europe in general because of what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I am optimistic uh, about our industry. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Joining us also is Monica Sleds. And Monica is the Group Director of Sales at Falkensteiner Hotels and Residences. Joining us from Austria, I believe, Monica, yeah, correct? Based in Vienna. Hi, hello. Vienna, hi. Good How are you? you? It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank All right, you. so let's get started. So, Pedro, from from the la from the latest from this month's report, what are I guess from your perspective, what are some of the highlights, and what did you find, if anything, curious in terms of the results versus the previous months? Given that we're now coming towards the end of winter, with a bit of luck, it's behind us very soon, and we'll start yes. to have some warmer weather. Yes, I th I think uh, so. Um, as I shared with you a little bit earlier. Uh, I am absolutely optimistic about what's going on. Uh, I think the survey was done uh, obviously still in January. So um, things were not quite as optimistic back then. So we can see here, you know, that people were not really, they were moderately optimistic uh, and they were still considering that the recovery was going to be, you know, maybe slower than anticipated. I think certainly one thing that they got right is that you know, leisure is still the thing driving the business. Um, and also that, you know, international is coming back. So I think actually the more interesting data uh, that I can share is related to what we have on the books. And uh, and let me just jump here. So if we look at this, is, this is data as of the 19th of February. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as of the 19th of February, we have... Uh, 5.1 times more reservations on the books or more, you know, room nights on the books than we had in 2021. So we have five times more, 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 more nights. And actually the second half is at 110% of 2019. So the first half, uh, January wasn't a great month, but it wasn't a terrible month either, uh, to be very honest. February, we're seeing pockets of people that are actually having the best February ever. Um, and, uh, and but but it was sort of it's it's sort of an okay month, but we're seeing you know a lot of pickup certainly for April around Easter time, and the summer is already you know with pickup uh, better than than in 2019. So so I'm 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 very optimistic that the leisure uh, space is picking up, um, and then maybe we can talk about other other signals, uh, namely corporate and groups that were also seeing some pickup. But, uh, yep. you know, I'd like to hear what, uh, what Falkensteiner is. is Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's turn to Monica now, because I'd like to ask Monica, essentially, the, the data that we get from the, the latest reports shows that hotel bookings for the second half of, of this year seem to be significantly above 2019 levels, um, mm -hmm. provided, of course, there's no restrictions. 
Um, it's likely that occupancy could reach or even exceed pre-pandemic levels this year. So, Monica, given the current market landscapes, do you see this happening in your region and also your market segment? Um, and what should, in your opinion, hotels do to prepare themselves for the demand? Yeah, so what we are seeing, observing, especially summer, we are a leisure hotel chain, so we are now observing really summer, what's going on. What we are seeing, we are quite optimistic for summer. We see that we are not reaching occupancy level, but we are, reach, we are really reaching EDR levels, and we are uh -huh. quite above uh, 2019. Uh, and that's for for sure because we are having really a um, change in segments. We see really an increase in leisure individual segment, less FITs uh, and bookings. And why are we so optimistic? Because we know that business will come short term too. So, and our properties are really also very often car destinations. So people really like to travel. These are at the moment very safe countries. Um, so what we are seeing at the moment, and we are quite optimistic for summer, we see that demand is there, that people are really willing to travel. They are really uh, interested in uh, visiting four, four-star and five-star properties. They haven't been in hotels now for the last two years, some of them. So they do want to spread themselves. So um, that's what we are seeing at the moment, yeah. And in terms of preparing for this demand, is there anything yeah. specifically that you guys might be doing differently versus um, anything, say, pre-COVID times, or is it fairly yeah. much in line with so what, historically? Yeah, what we did last two years, we really went through every hotel, we really analyzed the hotels, and we said, is the concept the right concept that we have or that we should have in the future? And we have four models. I mean, is it an active hotel, an indulgence hotel? Is it one for deceleration? Is it one for uh, entertainment? Really uh, um, focusing on defining, is it a four or five star hotel? Is it only for families or is it for adults only? So that people are really uh, getting an idea exactly before they are traveling into the hotel and not having always hotels for everyone. It's really to, um, yeah, to, to have um, a, a certain level of hotel and a very clear clarification and classification. That's what we are doing. And um, and we are really working on the concepts. We are really working on quality. Main focus is also FMP, because uh, what we are recognizing that people who are traveling and are also spending money or lots of money during uh, holidays, they really also need inspiration. They need really a very special service. And that's something that we we're really sticking the last two years in working very close with every hotel um, and defining the concepts per hotel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had also many renovations and, and upgrades, and that's also one of the reasons why uh, we have been also able to increase the ADR in the last one and a half years. Okay, very good. So are, you, are you also feeling that there's a different set of expectations from your future travelers or future guests? In relation mm, I to think, yeah, I think that safety, safety is for sure something that, um, that um, yes, that is important for the clients. Um, also brand, mm -hmm. uh, that they feel really comfortable with it. 
So that's something that is um, that is really important, and that there is also space. You know, they do not want to to have like a restaurant that's very cozy and small. They really need mm. space. That's something that we really experienced in the last months. Okay. Very good. Uh, and Pedro, what you've got up here now, some uh, information in relation to ADR and... Uh... Yeah, I was just uh, trying to, you know, uh, you know, piggyback on what Monica was saying. And we're basically seeing this ADR, I would say almost explosion across the board, right? We are yeah, seeing, you know, growth in ADR from 20 to 50%, which is uh, really uh, unheard of uh, to date. And I think this is an indication of... Uh, two things actually one is the higher end properties are doing better than the budget properties so people especially i think western europe and north america people did save up during the pandemic and they yeah. now want to you know that it's now me time right it's me i want to travel and i want to experience something extraordinary so people are upgrading themselves to you know the, the best room instead of staying, you know, in a normal double room, they'll maybe go to the junior suite or something with a sea view instead of not sea view. So I think that's driving a lot of this uh, increase in ADR. Um, the second thing is, is that I think across the board, people, hoteliers have increased their prices um, uh, and the demand is there. And I think that's just smart revenue management, right? Now we cannot price ourselves out of, the experience we provide, right? You cannot charge 400 euros for a 90 euro experience. So that's always the challenge with revenue management. Then you get a lot of unsatisfied guests and, the, and you're going to pay it later. But I think people have been pushing a little bit the boundaries of pricing and experimenting with, uh, with price elasticity. Also because, you know, cancellation uh, policies are a lot more flexible, which enables us also to push pricing a little bit higher. So I think, um, Again, so if you look at, you know, the first news, which is the on the books is very solid. Um, the second good news is that the pricing is very solid. So that actually, if you look at stay value last week, we are already above the same week in, fe in February 2019. So mm -hmm. not occupancy levels, but, you know, revenue of last week, at least in our system, you know, across our, our, our same store bookings, which are, uh, you know, select hotels that, that we use to compare, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, that group of hotels had more revenue coming in last week, week eight of 2022, than week eight of 2019. And I think that that's, that's sort of, you know, nothing short of amazing given what where we were in december right so just to recap we were actually sort of on this roll all the way through november then omicron hit and then mm -hmm. you know a few central european governments including the german government put a lot, a lot of restrictions in place and and that basically you know threw a monkey wrench in the in the in the in, in the issue mm -hmm. but i think in eight weeks this year we've already sort of recovered that now let's see if we can hold it um but I'm very yeah. optimistic. I, again, yeah. I think there's a lot of signals that show us that we're going to have, certainly until the next winter, we don't know what's going to happen in the next winter, but certainly until the next winter, um, this should be going from good news to good news. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting as well. You say how the, um, the the luxury brands seem to be outperforming now the budget brands. I don't think that's a surprise. There was prediction early on that that would be the case and that, as you said, people would be saving up and, and wanting to splurge on, on trips. I guess the question is now what's going to be the frequency of that? Are they going to, to, to do that? You know what I'm saying? Because... Sure. So we're going to have a good 2022, but 2023, we don't know what's going to happen, right? Right. So we see. We see. But it's it's funny because also the other thing as well, we have Carnival at the moment here in Cologne. And um, you know, most people are out now having a party. They're in the pubs, in the bars, everybody's getting out there and enjoying themselves. Except for me, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, You'll start a little uh, bit later. <laughs> my point my point being is that is that everyone seems to have forgotten about COVID now. It's like, you know what? Yeah. We're getting on with life. You know, Omicron is yeah. basically the, the worst case scenario that we have to deal with. And it's let's, let's move on. I think it's time to, to, yeah. to forget about it. And I think that's a good thing. We're all getting to that point now. People, it's just, it's it's time to get back to normal. Yes, yeah. and we are also experienced, you know. We we uh, we experienced already one and a half years of COVID. And we know that in summer, it seems that it will go down again. Right. So it's not um, a completely new situation that we are having at the moment. That's a very good yes. point, Monica. Very good point. So we, we've kind of been here before, and and this time we're going into a summer with a with a, a weaker variant of the virus. So it's giving us yeah. a little bit more confidence as well, which is great. The other point I wanted to kind of highlight with the report was that the the hoteliers that were surveyed they seem to all agree that international leisure travel will be the strongest contributor to recovery. Um, but Monica, I guess the question for you, I know you're primarily a leisure brand, but do you expect business travel to resume this year? Um, and if so, how do you think that that recovery might look like? Um, business travel is, is returning back. We are seeing that we are getting, but business travel in terms of incentives more in the mice business, mm -hmm. but differently to the times before COVID. What we are seeing is that we are really having many requests of high-end incentives, of buyouts. Yeah. Uh, companies are used now to their web conferences, to their Zooms, and uh, to this digital um, Oh, it's dark now here. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> we have an automatic light system here. So. <laughs> back. Back <laughs> um, uh, but what we are seeing is that there is really demand for uh, really for high-end incentives and for high-end gatherings, uh, also meetings, because people have been now in their home offices and it's quite important to meet again. Uh, we also see that sports being active, health starts to become very important for companies. So yeah. we have we are also offering uh, health um, packages and and uh, combining incentives with being sporty, being active, being outside, um, and that's becoming really important for companies at the moment. That's what we are seeing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Uh, channel stays on this slide, Pedro, again, looking uh, like... Just because he spoke about corporate, right? So uh, what yeah. I wanted to highlight is here the GDS, right? And and maybe look, you know, the the, 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 the sort of the, the light blue line is 2019, so sort of the baseline. We can see yeah. here what, what happened in 2021 with the, with the dark blue line, where we had, you know, very tentative growth, and then actually in October, we had a really good month in, in oops, sorry, this. Um, can you zoom in on that at all, Pedro? Me. 
Can I zoom in? I can. Zoom in yeah, I can zoom in. There? Yeah, hold on. Let me zoom in on this. Okay. There we go. Uh, so better. this is the GDS, right? Let me see if I can show you th this way, right? So mm -hmm. we can see that, 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 you know, corporate travel was pretty much very low during the course of the year. Then towards the end of the year, we had a big, you know, spike and we were all very excited. Corporate is coming back and then Omicron hit and went down to zero pretty much. But actually, we saw we, we saw a big increase now in, uh, in in February, in the beginning of February. So we're hopeful that corporate is going to come back. Uh, we're still at 50% of 2019. That's that's sort of what we've modeled uh, for 2022. But we do hope that 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 corporate's going to come back. Certainly on on the GDS side. Um, on the group side, um, I must echo exactly what um, what. Um, what uh, Monica was saying, we are seeing on the great hotels of the world business um, a significant amount of, of group inquiries. Um, they've been accelerating almost week by week. They've been accelerating. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, we've got a group now for May, which is sort of yeah. unheard of, right? That people are, you know, exploring 150, 200 passenger groups in very short amounts of time. So potentially there's going to be here a bump also of incentives, as Monica was saying, it's mostly incentives that we're seeing. We're also seeing some corporate events like, you know, the 20th year of a company and they do some sort of gathering, that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, so so I think um, I, that's the reason why, why I said it's going to be from optimistic to optimistic. So if you see, you know, what have we discussed? Leisure is doing well. Pricing is, is very high. Corporate is coming back. Groups are coming back um so i think uh there's only reasons to be optimistic at this stage hmm. yeah very good monica just another question for you in relation to i guess reaching local markets are, are your hotels adjusting or prioritizing your future sales and marketing strategies in order to reach local markets at the moment absolutely, or? absolutely. our main focus is really austria germany italy because mm -hmm. the, that these are our main feeder markets for our properties at the moment and we are seeing that german market is is uh, really key also for us so that hurt it us now in january uh, a little bit and we are also seeing that several markets are reacting differently uh, for example, Italians, we are expecting that the Italians will stay in the market in Italy for coming season. Um, and um, yeah, but but we are with eight properties in Austria, we cannot work only on the Austrian market. What we are, what is for us really important is also that the countries like Eastern Europe, like uh, Germany, like Italy, that they are really traveling. So, yes, we are approaching mainly uh, our source markets where we have our hotels, but also the surrounded uh, countries around our properties. Because we are at the moment also missing like Russians, Ukraines, uh, and we are not missing them only from now on. We are missing them already since COVID started because we mm. had also this right. Sputnik vaccination. So, mm -hmm. uh, and what we are seeing is that Eastern European market is moving. That's great. Um, so it's that's positive. Austrian market positive, and uh, we have also seen in the past that Germans um, uh, also not are not very restrictive. They are only careful. Uh, yeah, so they are. Very yeah. strong restrictions. They are really keeping being careful. Mm -hmm. That's quite that's always interesting. interesting. 
see how each country and and the the people there are performing and 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 dealing with issues. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Absolutely. Also, we just uh, uh, had a comment from Michael Madison. Michael, great to have you joining us today. Um, and he says that he wasn't surprised to hear you speak of the importance of food and beverage within your hotels. And he's saying that their part, well, their customers are seeing a significant uptick in guests viewing the menus on hotel websites as they are exploring and planning their travels. And that's a very interesting point. I mean, obviously, now getting that information onto the website is vital to ensure that you're, you're doing everything you can to promote your hotels and, and the offerings that you have are you also finding that with the increase of the direct bookings that we've seen now over the the last 12 18 months have you made an adjustment to your uh, process or your your uh, your booking engines as well for for your potential guests and, and how they're presented with information yes absolutely we are we are constantly working on that because we what we see is that um, that you have to have the information online, otherwise, uh, because people are used to that, you know, they, they are not picking up the phone anymore, only if they're Italians, they do that because they love to talk and they love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's in their nature. Uh, but you have really to serve information and you have to serve it on different channels. That means online, absolutely. Mm. And uh, and what we have seen, particular with FMB, that FMB food and beverage is really important for people. Uh, that um, they really prefer to have like local food, but they love also some influence in Asia and some specific. Foods. So we are doing uh, in in in. Some Recreating a that means you have food, but we think always partners or very often partners, like in Felden, we have the mochi concept that's a very famous restaurant in Vienna that they are also providing and supporting us to offer Chinese, uh, Japanese uh, food. Uh, and people are really traveling because of that, or like mm. at Krumpas, where we opened the five star hotel, where we have really. Uh, FMB from uh, the from many countries uh, that are from the highest mountains like Japan, Peru, and so on. We're really offering them for one month special menus. You know, mm -hmm. but that's something that is really appreciated. They do not want to have like only their Wiener Schnitzel. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. they have also something. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Excellent. Now, with this uh, slide, you're showing the difference between a domestic versus international. It looks from this that it's uh, international is starting to c come up again, Pedro. Absolutely. And I, I was just trying to, you know, react to Monica saying that, you know, she works a lot with the domestic market, but also with drive markets, right? Yep. Now, uh, we have a lot of city hotels, so obviously drive markets are not as uh, attractive um, uh, uh, for some of those. Uh, but what we can see here is that really the domestic market has been very strong since, you know, March, April of last year. And it's been strong through and through, even through Omicron. And, you know, this year it started immediately strong. Right. So it's really been up and up and stronger, um, stronger than 2019. Um, I think the news here is really that in the last few weeks, we've seen really a breakthrough in international traffic and international demand. And hopefully we're going to be able to sustain these levels, right? I think now that's the big question. Uh, but, you know, considering that the weather is getting nicer, you know, as you're saying, winter is coming to an end. Uh, people are going to be more willing to go. 
um, and restrictions are being lifted in so many destinations, right? Like I was in Denmark about uh, three weeks ago, nobody's wearing masks, same in the UK. Um, so, you know, while it may feel an, a little bit uncomfortable for some people that in the beginning, I think people will get used to not wearing masks again. So, so, mm -hmm. so I think that as people get into this sense of normalcy, and as we were saying, there's this, you know, there's this saved up money and there's this international trip that I didn't take in 2020. I didn't take it in 2021. I'm going to take one in 2022 and I'm going to splurge and I'm going to have a great, you know, great experience. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing is that there's there's significant i think this is an indication that there's significant pent-up demand to really you know have a good uh year for our industry this year certainly in north america and western europe where we have our uh, most of our hotels yeah yeah excellent uh the other point that i just wanted to kind of come back to monica on was that the, again the hoteliers who were surveyed from the uh last month survey was that well, they were asked to share what their top new year's resolutions were for for this year and a lot of them all said funnily enough was to increase occupancy um, so <laughs> monica, Interesting. taking taking that element out of the out of the equation in terms of priorities what are what are, what are falkensteiner hotels priorities for this year and i'm hoping you might be able to elaborate on why yeah so for us the focus is very clear adr and not so much occupancy uh, we have seen that um, quality costs money so that means we really do not want to sell uh, our properties very cheap we are on a four four star and five star uh, level that's one thing then we are also fo focusing on a slight um, uh, switch in segments so we are seeing that the demand for leisure individual is higher and the demand from two operators is still quite weak. That's a segment that is at the moment not performing very well. Uh, it's, it's really also last minute like it has been for leisure individual in the past. And also there, um, the, the switch to the focus of ADR is, is underlined there. So mm. not so much occupancy because uh, we see that, for example, like in high season, we really have to have always a closer look into revenue management to see what kind of business do we want to have and um and we see that the demand is more really pleasure individual driven mm -hmm. okay brilliant uh and pedro this slide here is a uh, a scale of uh, expectations yeah, it's, it, i think it's just to show i think what monica is saying that adr you know when when this whole thing started in obviously not when it started but in january 21 the expectation for adr was relatively low and it's been strengthening other than this dip here through due to omicron it's been strengthening so i think hoteliers are more confident that they can demand more pricing and i think that's what we're seeing then as a result so so this is the expectation is that adr is going to go up and then adr goes up so so that's really sort of just reinforcing what monica is saying is that people are working on occupancy for sure because they are they obviously but i think that Having you know a profitable occupancy is also a very important, uh, a very important topic, and therefore this this focus on ADR. And you know we are seeing for the first time inflation um, in Europe. Certainly, staff shortages are driving you know higher salaries for some of the service people in hotels. So it's not like this ADR is going to go all into the bottom line. It's also you know that the the production costs of some of the things in hotels have gone up. 
uh, and therefore we're going to see pricing increases also because of that. Mm-hmm. Just as you bring that up, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. Perhaps Monica might like to also uh, elaborate further from a staffing perspective. How are you finding resourcing of staff uh, and, and finding appropriate staff given the, so the situation that many hotels are dealing with when it comes to finding talented staff and actually staff just to fill some important yeah, roles anyway. Yeah. So the, the the positive aspect that we are having or that we also had now in uh, in winter that we have very uh, that we have many seasonal products, many seasonal hotels. So that means that we were able also to offer to our staff from for like from Sardinia also uh, a job during the winter season. So mm-hmm. we are also exchanging um, our staff. And yeah, and very strong focus from the HR perspective on employee branding. So that means that um, many educational programs really trying to find employees from the local market, but also giving them the chance and the opportunity to grow within the company and also to give them the chance really also to work in other properties. And that's something that is very well organized here. So that's really positive. And we are seeing that it's really very helpful to see the waiter that is normally in Jesolo in Italy has been now in South Tyrol in Lido. And, um, and we are having here also a recruiting process and a strong focus really to move employees also in seasons when hotels are closed well yeah because we have hotels on the seaside we have them in the mountains in different countries so sometimes there is also a benefit out of that okay so you you actually have hotels that are seasonally operating and and mm-hmm. and, and often shut down in in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the down season and we have been also able to be a little bit flexible during last year when we had to shut down or to close in some countries a hotel that you really can offer them an employee another opportunity, you know, because employees are not here. They do not want to stay at home. They really would like and, and love to serve and love to do their jobs. So that has been really cool last year and we are continuing doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on to this slide, just one other question around that. Have Falkensteiner Hotels made any adjustments to their technology in order to also s- support staffing levels where required? Have there been any additions or changes to your tech stack in, in that sense? Could you repeat your question? Have, have Falkensteiner Hotels yeah. implemented any new type of technologies in order to support their staff so that if you have a lower staff um, availability or pool that you can have certain technologies to to be able to automate tasks or to apply again a contactless solutions so giving giving the uh, the guests for example more autonomy with how they interact with the hotel. Yeah. Yeah, there is a program in human resource management so that they really exactly know uh, where the demand is. But there's very much also personal exchange still. I think that there is still room for improvement between the business units like um, the DAG region, the SEE and CE region. That's what we are doing. But I think that there is for sure some room for improvement. Not sure that we are already here perfect, but um, but there is a very good overview. And due to the reason that we have um, our hotels clustered, the communication between the clusters is also working very yeah. well. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably helpful as well. Yes, and uh, you know, with 29 hotels, it's not like hundreds of hundreds of oh. hotels. It's uh, and if you have also seasonal products, you know exactly where which demand there is. 
Yeah. And we have also on a monthly basis like quality calls and and, uh, and commercial calls and there, these kind of topics always on the agenda. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, Pedro. So moving on, this one this is focusing on Meta. So uh, again, it's, yeah, uh, I just wanted to show. I mean, um, you know, uh, that sometime I think it was around April that Google introduced the free booking program last year, mm -hmm. uh, and so in orange are sort of the bookings that we got through that program and. Uh, 2021 and you can see here just this massive spike almost like a vertical spike sorry why is this uh, jumping now i'm i lost it it's almost like a vertical spike here that we've had this year in in free bookings from the from the google program so i do think that if you don't participate in google free bookings i think that's 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 my message here is you should uh yeah, because google get, get get on the yeah get on it because google does not charge commission for those um, and then obviously, if you want to do Google ads, you can do them. Uh, now, obviously we don't, a lot of people participate in Google free bookings because we got all our customers onto Google free bookings. We have a lot less people participating in ads, um, but we don't see the same sort of um, relation between what happened last year and what's happening this year. So it looks like, so um, maybe a couple of, of, of data points. We are seeing that booking.com and Expedia are not advertising on certain properties which is sort of the first time that we noticed this since the pandemic started, right? When the pandemic started, we saw that all ads were taken off the air. I think they're going to be a lot more discriminating around where they're going to advertise. And, you know, both CEOs already said so much that they're going to be doing more brand marketing mm -hmm. and less performance marketing. And I think this opens up clearly an opportunity for hotels to go capture more direct bookings. One of the opportunities is Google, Google free bookings. Um, and the other is certainly to participate in the bids with a commission only, uh, with a commission program on, on Google ads. So if, if uh, OTAs are gonna do less performance marketing, they may be doing more meta. So maybe I should also be on meta. So I'm just trying to bring this issue up here because I think that the marketing mix for the OTAs is changing. And we on the hotel side need to think about how are we going to counteract that, right? Are we going to do more meta? Are we going to do more direct incentives? Are we going to do, you know, make sure that our organic results are really ranking as high as they should be? And these are the sort of topics that I think are important for, you know, sales and marketing and revenue managers um, in this first quarter, second quarter of 2022, because I think the mix is changing. Mm. Monica, would you like to comment on that? I mean, this is quite interesting. Are you, are you absolutely interesting? We are also, yeah, we are also recognizing the same, and uh, it's it's something that we are also observing, and yeah. So I can really only underline what Peter is saying here. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, also, just coming back to uh, optimism and, and the reopening and how restrictions, Pedro, you said restrictions are kind of moving away and uh, many countries are starting to lift those restrictions. Um, Monica, I'd like to perhaps just ask you as well, on a scale of one to 10, how optimistic do you feel about overall business performance over the next 12 months? Um, I, I know there's optimism, but on a scale, if you could rate it, where, where do you think your optimism would lie? I would say around eight or not. Eight. Eight. Okay. eight. I am optimistic and we are all here optimistic because we are seeing and we are feeling movement. You know, it's like mm. we see if we are allowed to have our properties open, 
um, uh, and we see the interest, we see the demand. Um, so I would say I'm uh, optimistic with eight. Yep. Great. Yeah. With the the results from this slide, Pedro, it looks like it's very they're from January, the right? Month, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very consistent. They're from January. I do expect that this is going to come in higher at the end of February, right? And hopefully, we're going to see this going up and up, certainly through the summer. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know, you know, the impact that the Ukraine situation is going to have. I, I do think that because it's just topical, right? That we should address it. I do believe um, that Southern Europe is going to fare fairly well because it's insulated from, you know, the, the, the contention areas, right? Mm. But I do worry that hotels in places like Poland and Hungary and Romania um, may suffer um, less international travel. So they're going to continue to, you know, have to rely significantly on domestic and drive travel. And that there's just because of, you know, probably irrational fear from consumers, but uh, that people are going to try to avoid, you know, border areas with, with Russia. Mm. Yep, I think uh, it's very early days there yet. Of, obviously, it's uh, with everything that's happened, but I think you're right. I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens on that side of, uh, of the continent of Europe, as we say. Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, also, Monica, I know I kind of touched on it before, but I just wanted to check with you in relation to the um, the technology offerings that Falkensteiner have for guests. Uh, have you or do you uh, start to consider the option of introducing more contactless type of solutions for guests so that they can uh, use their, for example, uh, uh, phones for access to rooms, that they can interact with the hotel via uh, different types of apps on their devices? Is that something that is uh, a priority for Falkensteiner or are you... Yeah, I'm so sorry you have to repeat it because I think I have a bad connection. I had have heard you only interrupted. Ah, okay. I'm no sorry. Problem. No, no, that's fine. I'll just basically just coming to the technology side again. I'm just okay. wondering if Falkensteiner have introduced or are considering to introduce any types of contactless technology solutions for the guests yeah. of your hotels. Yeah, so we are working on app solutions, uh, also chat solutions, uh, but that's something that is really under development at the moment. So we are not, uh, we are not really um, already active. Not already um online let's mm -hmm. see that way yeah okay okay very good all right um well then i think unless we have any further questions or comments or anything we can wrap it up here we're coming up to our time it's very close to the end of the session um pedro wonderful as always thank you so much and monica thank you for joining us thank again you. today it's been thank you very, very much fun. and hopefully we'll have even more more good news next uh next month i do expect that you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue to see you know good news after good news after we had bad news after bad news for so many months. Yeah, I think we will start to see some uh, some good news coming in the next next few months for sure. Quite sure. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you, thanks everybody, so and thanks everyone bye. for watching, tuning in. Until next time, bye, bye. for now. Bye bye.